Jesus were clear. In order to be included as his disciple, one must take up his cross and follow him. But the cross to which he was referring was not a golden gem-inlaid necklace or a t-shirt with a melted vinyl pattern of a cross on it. He was referring to a bloody, agonizing tool of execution. This was not a call for every would-be disciple to be executed on a cross. Part of the indignity of crucifixion was for the criminal to carry their cross to the place of execution in front of the jeers and taunts of the onlooking public. Jesus calls us to take up our own cross, our own personal death, death to ourselves, death to our will, death to our desires, and be identified with Him. To endure the shame and ridicule as one of His own. To be counted as Christ's alone. The call of a disciple is a call to stand up for Jesus. I'm Ronnie Brown, and this is Forgotten. Dudley Tang was born on January the 12th, 1825, to parents Stephen and Ann Tang. Both his father and grandfather were Episcopalian pastors in the area of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Dudley's father became a prominent leader of the evangelical movement within the Episcopal Church. By 1834, Stephen Tang was appointed the rector of the prominent Church of the Epiphany in Philadelphia. By age 14, Dudley entered the University of Pennsylvania and graduated with honors in 1843. But it was during this time in these college years that Dudley was converted to Jesus Christ. Upon graduation, he quickly proceeded to the Theological Seminary in Virginia. It was there that Dudley Tang proved to be a very gifted young man. He was outspoken, powerful, and uncompromising as a preacher. He was able to exert a great spiritual influence on those around him. This naturally led to a succession of pastoral appointments. But eventually, Dudley returned to Philadelphia, becoming an assistant to his father there at the Church of the Epiphany. Shortly thereafter, his father left the pastorate and the church, hoping that Dudley would be like his much-beloved father, retained him as their new pastor. They were in for a surprise. Dudley proved to be anything but like his father. Dudley was direct, plain-spoken, and even confrontational in his preaching. He often dealt with serious doctrinal teachings and social issues of the day. Of these social issues, slavery was at the forefront. Dudley Tang was a devoted abolitionist. On June 26, 1856, he delivered a sermon entitled Our Country's Troubles. In the sermon, Tang decried the blood being spilled in conflicts between anti-slavery and pro-slavery factions. Prior to the Civil War, fighting had broken out at state borders and in western territories over the hotly contested issue of slavery. Even on the floor of the United States Senate chamber, Senator Charles Sumner was attacked by Senator Preston Brooks and blood was shed over the disagreement concerning slavery. Dudley Tang left no speculation in the minds of his congregation as to where he stood on the issue. This sermon 
upset many of the wealthy members of the church who indeed owned slaves. Not long after preaching this message, the young Tang was forced to resign. Undaunted by the rejection, he, along with a group of loyal followers from the church, formed the Church of the Covenant in a little meeting hall on the outskirts of Philadelphia. Dudley Tang had a burning zeal to reach the lost. He knew that many of which would never darken the door of a church. So along with his pastoral duties, he gathered the assistance of some of the area pastors and began to hold afternoon prayer meetings at the YMCA in downtown Philadelphia. The meetings quickly sparked a revival. Thousands began to come to the meetings to pray and to hear the young dynamic preacher. On Tuesday, March the 30th, 1858, during a special rally, over 5,000 men gathered that afternoon to hear Tang preach from Exodus 10, verse 11. Go now ye that are men and serve the Lord. At the conclusion of his sermon, over a thousand men responded to the invitation call, committing their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ and to his service. This sermon was often termed as one of the most powerful of the times. During the delivery of his sermon that day, there was a point in which Dudley boldly declared, quote, I must tell my master's errand and I would rather that this right arm were amputated at the trunk than that I should come short of my duty to you in delivering God's message, end quote. These powerful words not only reveal the deep passion of this messenger of God and his profound commitment to the call of the gospel, but they were astoundingly prophetic for what would take place in the young man's life just a few weeks later. On April 13th, Dudley was visiting a farm out in the country. He was watching the demonstration of a corn thrasher powered by a mule. As the wheels and the gears churned the corn, the young preacher curiously drew in close to get a view of how the machine worked. It is unclear just exactly how it happened, but somehow a loose portion of his sleeve was caught within the cogs of the machine. In the blink of an eye, his right arm was severely mangled, nearly severing it from his body. The arm's main artery was cut in two and the median nerve was badly damaged. This was in a time before antibiotics were available and such a wound was serious and life-threatening due to the onset of infection. Within four days of his convalescence, the arm began to show signs of infection. In an attempt to stave off the gangrene, the remains of his arm were amputated, but to no avail. The infections only returned. After the doctors sadly reported his soon-coming demise, Tang said, quote, Then it is very well. God's will be done. End quote. He spent his last hours urging his doctor to be converted to Christ and asking his wife to encourage his sons to become pastors. In the room were other pastors and preachers as well as his father. During those final hours, he was asked for some parting words, to which he responded, quote, not now. I am too much exhausted. End quote. But after a few moments of fevered slumber, he said to his father in a clear and distinct voice, quote, Now, Father, I am ready. Father, stand up for Jesus. Tell them, let us all stand up for Jesus. Let us all stand up in Christ Jesus in prayer, accepted in Christ, having no other claims than his righteousness 
that Christ may be glorified forever. End quote. Minutes later, he breathed his last upon this earth. One of the men in the room that heard his final words was Reverend George Duffield, pastor of the Temple Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia. Duffield was not only one of Tang's co-laborers in the YMCA meetings, but they were close friends. The dying words of his friend had a profound effect on Duffield, who was asked to deliver the sermon at Tang's memorial service. On April the 25th, 1858, Duffield addressed the large gathering of mourners from Ephesians 6.14, Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. This was the verse that Tang mentioned just weeks earlier in his memorable and powerful message. Duffield echoed his friend's call for men to stand for Jesus, to come and follow him as Savior and Lord. At the end of his message, he read a poem that he had composed based on Dudley Tang's dying words. Words, although over a century and a half old, still sharply portray what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead, till every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, stand in his power alone. The arm of flesh will fail you, you dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor, each piece put on with prayer. Where duty calls or danger, be never wanting there. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. The strife will not be long. This day the noise of battle, the next the victor's song. To those who vanquish evil, a crown of life shall be. They with the King of glory shall reign eternally. Forgotten is written and produced by me, Ronnie Brown. You can find out more about this show at ForgottenPodcast.com. I'm also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash ForgottenPodcast. Forgotten is also available on various podcasting apps, such as iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Downcast. Be sure to stop into iTunes and leave a review. And as always... Thanks for listening.